please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Paul calls us to use sober judgment in thinking about ourselves. Last week I said that one thing the Bible does not offer is psychological insight. But these words of instruction from Paul seem to ask us to achieve some measure of that insight. And what does looking at ourselves with sober judgment have to do with faith? I'm willing to bet that the majority of sermons preached on this morning's passage from Scripture focus on the second half of the passage— where Paul uses the metaphor of the body and parts of the body to talk about both Christian community and our God-given gifts. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. This morning's passage is not the only place where Paul uses the analogy of body parts, of course, to talk about our gifts and our roles as members of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians, Paul goes into more detail about this. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, this doesn't make it any less a part of the body. The word that Paul uses for body could just as well be translated as self, our whole self. He could just as well have said, if the thoughts should say, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the self, this doesn't make them any less a part of the whole self. And if the ear should say, because I am not emotions, I am not a part of the self, this doesn't make it any less a part of the whole self. It isn't just our physical bodies that we're talking about. It's especially important to remember that Paul is talking about our whole selves and not just physical bodies when we look at the opening verses of this morning's reading. I appeal to you, To present your bodies, he says, as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. Paul is urging us to offer our whole selves to God, and Paul is saying that this is the best way we can worship. The language Paul uses here of presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice has become so important in the Christian tradition that it's part of the communion liturgy that liturgy that we call the Great Thanksgiving. We remember how Jesus offered bread and wine to his disciples at the Last Supper, and then we say, And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves, in praise and thanksgiving, as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ's offering for us. We are not called to make offerings in the ancient traditions of slaughtering animals on an altar. We are called to give our lives, our whole selves, our living sacrifice. We worship by dedicating the ordinariness of our daily lives to God. But what does looking at ourselves with Paul's sober judgment 
have to do with any of this? The real-life question of how we live lives dedicated to God is much more compelling than this metaphorical image of body parts or the suggestion that we have one gift or another. The real-life question of how we play our part in God's work is the one that grips us. The Christian tradition teaches, and I fervently believe, that each one of us is created by God and called by God to work on God's behalf, working in ways that fit who we are as individuals. The ways of serving are as diverse as we are. So how do you figure out what is the way for you to serve? How do I figure out what is the way for me to serve? I think we begin by thinking of ourselves with sober judgment. This brings me to the part of the passage that was the most compelling for me this week. It comes from the third verse of what we read. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. To put it in more common language, Paul is calling us to see ourselves clearly, to demonstrate accurate self-understanding. I think a clear-eyed view of ourselves is a valuable tool for faithful living, and I'm willing to guess that this is in line with what Paul is talking about. How often are you able to see yourself clearly? As I think about how I hear people talk about themselves and their experience, and as I reflect on my own life, it seems to me it can be really difficult to see ourselves clearly. I think Jesus understood this too. He said, Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but you do not notice the log in your own eye? It can be difficult to see ourselves clearly. Paul tells us not to think too highly of ourselves, and it's clear to me that it is just as counterproductive to think too little of ourselves. Rather than seeing ourselves clearly, it seems to me that too often we think too highly of ourselves one minute, but too little of ourselves the next. That balance in between is much harder to find. It reminds me of two images from Scripture. On the one hand, we encounter Adam and Eve after they have done the one thing God asked them not to do. An angry God speaks to Adam and says, You are dust, and to dust you shall return. You are dust. That can make a person feel low. On the other hand, we have the eighth psalm. The psalm writer is talking to God and says, What are human beings that you are mindful of them? What are mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands and have put all things under their feet. Now that can make a person feel like you're on top of the world. I think our sense of self can reflect the pendulum swing between these two images. One minute we are dust, the next minute we are only a little lower than God, with dominion over the works of God's hands. It is difficult to find the balance of clear-sighted self-understanding, that sober judgment that Paul invites us to. I think this is actually directly related to Paul's opening instruction not to be conformed to this world, at least in our day and age, I think it is. 
I think our culture teaches us to measure our value by how we perform, whether we succeed or fail at any particular endeavor. I really think our culture indirectly and even directly communicates the message that if you succeed at something, you are a success. And if you fail at something, you are a failure. But this way of looking at ourselves is not consistent with our faith. This is not the sober judgment Paul invites us to. Our faith reminds us that our sense of self begins with knowing ourselves as children of God, beloved, gifted, and called. Claiming our identity as a beloved child of God is the steadying hand. It is the sane, balance, and grounded perspective that frees us from that pendulum swing, the extremes of inflated ego on one hand and self-loathing on the other. It is the clear self-perception that Paul is asking us for. I think faith is a valuable tool for clear-sighted self-understanding. I believe faith does help us escape that pendulum swing. This is different from the assessment from our world's way of looking at things, the world that Paul asks us not to conform ourselves to. This faithful self-understanding does not depend on success or failure. It depends on God. And the good news is that God is much more reliable than our changing luck at any of life's achievements. But the bad news is that God is not within our control. So if we are thinking that it is all about us, we have to let go of that. We have to let it be about God and ourselves as God's beloved. We don't need to achieve worthiness. We are already there in God's eyes. Paul urges us to offer our whole selves to God as our best way of worshiping. So God gives us gifts. We may be given the gifts to be an arm or an ear or an eye or a foot. We may be given the gifts to be a pastor or a parent or a bookkeeper or a teacher. We may be given the gifts to be a Stephen minister or a Sunday school teacher or a bulletin folder or a committee chair. Our job is to see ourselves as clearly as we can, to recognize our gifts and use our gifts on God's behalf. We do this by listening carefully to all the ways God may speak to us of our gifts, by listening through prayer, by noticing which work energizes us and brings us joy, by listening to the gifts that others in our community reflect back to us as they share their perceptions with us. So as Paul says, do not think too highly of yourself and do not think too little of yourself. Just think of yourself as a child of God, gifted and called. That is always enough. Amen.